Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, February 18th, 2022, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your tongue-twisted host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Really hate that word. Uh, from Austin, Texas. Finally, she's back. Author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. We missed you. Hey, guys. And, you know, because I think they have a beef. I think when when Derek's here, Jamie's out. And when Jamie's here, Derek's like, I'm going to LA for a couple of days. So Derek's not with us today. So sitting in for the show is our associate editor, downtown Emily Brown, live from Paris, France. Au revoir, Emily, is wow. that hello or goodbye? I don't even know what That's I said. That's goodbye. I was going to say oh. it's bonjour. <laughs> bonjour. Bonjour, Emily. How's Paris? Uh, beautiful. Everything that I wanted it to be. Well, actually, it's a little rainier than I wanted it to be. But other than that, that's my biggest complaint. You know, it's not a big deal. Paris is always rainy. Every that that's the thing is Paris is rainy. I know, I know. Did, but. did you are are you the type of traveler, Emily, that when you're traveling international in in a country that whose primary language is not English, um, do you brush up? Because if me, I would just go parlez-vous français. I don't. Just every conversation, so Jesse, they know. There's a thing called Google Translate. You can just talk into okay, your well, phone. First off, Jesse, what you asked is, do you speak French? So, yes. just so you know. Um, well, that's I, what I was saying. Do. That's what we, I was saying. Like, I don't. You're like you're an idiot. I was we. just clarifying. Like, do you speak it? Because uh, I certainly I do, do not. I do speak it. I try to speak it at least. Um, I took three years in high school and two years in college, but it's been a long time since I've actually used it. So I downloaded the Duolingo app. Um, this is not an ad for them. This is just the truth. But um, I've been using that every day and I try to like remember a lot of the words. So I've got, I mean, it's only been a couple of days, but I feel a lot more confident like when I go out and I, if I have to like ask for something. Um, the second day we were here, we went to go get, um, we went to the grocery store and that took like three hours uh, because everything obviously is in French. So thankfully there's pictures so I can kind of figure mm-hmm. out what the different products are. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was an experience. Here's so. my downfall. When I travel internationally, I'm like the weird American that only says like, I'll just say random Spanish phrases. <laughs> and my husband's always like, Jamie, they don't know Spanish. I'm like, I know it just comes out. Like I just, that's all the only other foreign language I know is like seven words in Spanish. And mm-hmm. so if I don't understand what someone's saying, I automatically start speaking the seven <laughs> words I know in Spanish and it never works well. Yeah. yeah I imagine it probably doesn't work that well. <laughs> Emily, do, do you realize you prepared five years for this trip? <laughs> like you took five years right. of classes for this well, trip. Uh, yeah, and clearly it didn't really stick, so. <laughs> you have not used it in any other form, you really, right? I mean, studying um, all that French? Yeah, it hasn't really helped a ton, but yeah. 
because I know French, I can kind of figure out Spanish when people speak See? Spanish because they're so very if similar. I was with you, we could be a good team. We could figure it out. Yeah. You know, there's Google Translate. That's all I'm saying is like, yeah, you don't need to like, do all this anymore. That's like such an American thing to do. You know, I <laughs> but, can't. But I, I have a question about Google Translate. Like when I, I remember back in the day, especially when I was a kid, I, as, as listeners of this podcast know, I spent a tremendous amount of my childhood watching uh, television in the afternoons. That's right. Um, and too. in the evenings um, and late into the night. <laughs> I loved it. And one constant theme, especially if you're watching like not a great channel, like not, not one of the premiere channels, you kind of just got caught on like an old movie playing on like a weird channel or just some weird like reality adventure show just drew you in. On those channels, there would always be these extended commercials for Rosetta Stone. Yes. Like the translate. Mm. It was basically like it would teach you to speak a language old school. Like right. it wasn't it wasn't like an app where you could just type mm-hmm. something in and say, translate for me. I wonder what happened to them because of Google Translate. Are they basically, <laughs> is it a blockbuster Netflix scenario right. where Rosetta Stone's like, dude, we're Rosetta Stone. Everyone is coming to us to learn foreign languages. That's the promise. We've been on TV for like 35 years and make it a promise. Give us two weeks. You'll be basically fluent just using our program. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, Google Translate comes into town, just runs them all out of business. Yeah. I kind of so, feel so, bad think for about, the Rosetta think Stone about Encyclopedia Britannica. I mean, that was mm-hmm. the thing when we were kids. That's what you used for papers and stuff. Yeah, it's it's sad to see it go. So if anyone knows, I could easily Google this, <laughs> but uh, I don't even care to do that. That's how little the brand means to me anymore. I just wonder if they transitioned to like the technology side. Like they just needed to get an app and maybe they're doing good, but I don't know if they're even doing that. I got to say this, considering their name is based on hieroglyphics chiseled into stone, I don't feel like they were ever the most tech set. Like technology was not their strong suit. Like I they were. They, how did, like did they send you like dvds or something like that i feel like i remember CDs, yeah this, i don't know what they're doing the i just CDs. looked it up Sorry. jesse you could get a lifetime membership for just 179 dollars lifetime, lifetime membership that sounds like a fire sale the only me. time i've ever experienced rosetta stone tapes which was you know they say a phrase and then they say it in the language right they say the phrase. the only time i've ever experienced it is in the bathroom at macaroni grill the chain yes. restaurant macaroni grill the italian restaurant they would play the italian rosetta stone cds and so while you're there washing your hands, you're learning little phrases in Italian. It's very helpful. Come out, feel Do you very worldly. Any? No. But they had great <laughs> roles. Great breath. That's the one where they write on the table upside down. They write their name upside down for you. Yes, they would write on your tablecloth. Um, all right. Well, we have a great show in store for you. So Derek's in L.A. Derek's in L.A. Well, what's he doing in L.A.? Well, right now, as we're recording this, he's driving over to Prop's house. And uh, they are recording a conversation. It's a revisit to a conversation they had this month, last year on this podcast uh, with Tyler uh, about Black History Month, the state of race relations uh, at that time. Obviously, a lot of things have actually changed since then. So we wanted to kind of revisit it. And so uh, Prop and Derek are going to be recording at Prop's house in L.A. And you will hear that conversation coming up later on the show. Also, we have Epic Battle. It's the end of the Winter Olympics. I don't know if anybody has paid any attention, but yep, they're wrapping up. And uh, we have an Epic Battle. They that started? Is- <laughs> I was looking forward to it. I Listen, it start- I have watched it. I want to clarify that. I have watched <laughs> events. I have not watched one. Yeah. I am an Olympics fan deep, deep down. Well, Always and forever. I might be I the only st- one, but I'll I still watch it. I don't stand for, a, you know... 
atrocities and genocide. So I'm boycotting. Okay. So if you have boycotted the Olympics, we have something for you. We'll give you your fill of Winter Olympic fever on a very special I don't epic stand battle. for those things either. I also don't stand for being bored. And so I have okay. made a decision not to watch wow. the Winter Olympics as well. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. So that's coming up later. But stay tuned right now. Up next, it's the all new Relevant Buzz. to Portugal the man the song is what me worry well today's podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp online therapy a lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about we'll go out of our way to treat other people well but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment so this month BetterHelp online therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does and therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself Therapy has played a major role in my life by helping me navigate through uh, tough seasons with a counselor I trust. And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. And right now, Relevant Podcast listeners will get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Relevant. That's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Relevant. All right, it's time for Relevant Buzz. Ooh, so techy. All right, Relevant Buzz, please welcome to the show Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, man. Hey, everybody. What are your thoughts about genocide? I'm just kidding. Sorry. We were just Generally talking about the Winter opposed. Olympics. <laughs> Generally opposed. That's good. Oh, I- <laughs> Don't tune in to NBC or Peacock. <laughs> I logged on and I heard people talking about their various opinions on genocide. And I was glad, I was really I hopeful that, that I'd missed that like part of the conversation. I would like to say all of us agree it's bad. Yes, we all agree. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, yeah. Emily. Yeah. Emily is yeah, on the. I, I can't. I will not stand for it, but I will gladly watch and support the countries that are doing it. But but I don't. But to be fair, really don't want yeah, to. to, to, to really be fair, to be fair, I don't. I don't think watching the Olympics is implicit support for the Chinese government. If anything, I feel like this Olympics has probably exposed a lot of people who are are were unaware of mm-hmm. the depths Thank you, Jesse. of of, uh, you know, sort of control in that country. I actually think, you know, in terms of raising awareness about the issues that are facing the Chinese people and, you know, and the Chinese athletes, like they are victims. They are not perpetrators of, of you know, they are under the thumb of an authoritarian regime. I think it's done a lot to actually expose uh, some of that uh, in, in pretty profound ways. I mean, there was a, there was a, you know, I remember turning on the TV and real talk, turning on the TV one night, just kind of curious. And it was like the the high jump and it was a weatherless, you know, kind of gray industrial park where this manufactured ski jump uh, had been placed. And, you know, just thinking about sort of. Wait, it, high jump. I envisioned like people just standing there trying to touch a high stick. No, it's not a like, yeah. jumping. Uh, well, d- d- 
It's I just, do think I do think an elementary school game style Olympics would be awesome. I, that's one thing I've been cooking up for a few years. Oh, uh, like you play crab soccer yeah. with that big earth ball. You play that parachute game where everyone runs under. Yeah. You get on those little carts that have like Field little day. tiny shopping cart wheels. Yeah. And it's the, yeah. and it's the athlete who do, who leaves with the least smashed fingers at the end of it wins. <laughs> like the V sit reach is a huge event. Uh, you know, the, you know the old school stuff like that. That's a side, but but you know, but then you see like in these in these Beijing games. Uh, you know, reporters getting shuffled off by sort of goons hiding in the background. And, and I really do think it's done a lot to expose uh, sort of the injustices that are facing the people of China. They, and, they and, wanted and, the Chinese government wanted it to be a huge showcase of their prosperity and and power, frankly. And it has done the exact opposite because it looks cold and barren and. Looked, there are and, scenes that are very dystopian. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, I, and I think overall, uh, I don't think, you know, watching is any sort of implicit support. I actually think no, it's... No, it is. Emily, you know, that's why she watches. That's what she told me. Nope, it is. Ex- <laughs> but I, I actually think, you know, just for the sake of being like an informed global citizen, you know, kind of watching to some degree and understanding the the reality is it can be a profound act for, for people, you know. Yeah. Well, that has nothing to do with the buzz that's happening this week. <laughs> True. Tyler... Tell us about something that's not genocide. Gold medal, v reach, American athlete. He got uh, always touched full toes. It was a full toe grab. Only athlete this year to do it. You guys remember v reach, right? It was a really high jump. Yeah. yeah hold on, hold on. Does no one remember v reach? No. Did no one have I that? I don't know what that Did is. It? I don't know. In my elementary school, oh, that's where you had to touch your toes. Touch your toes. Yeah, you had that little cross thing between your legs, and that you, you you know, and then you had to reach, and there was like a little thing that they would pull down to measure where your fingers went, and you had to do the sit ups. Mm-hmm. And, and the someone pull-ups. always farted in class. Like they're doing all the things, and then someone always farted. Did that happen in your class too? Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 uh, uh, Farty Jones carried the name <laughs> to high school. And, uh, and never let it down. We were married it was brought today. Up almost, it was almost. It was brought <laughs> up. Brought up almost daily for the rest of his career. Deep Poor into college. Farty Jones. <laughs> well, the other thing is, like, who you thinks know, this some a great parent is listening to this podcast in the car? The little kid in the back, and they're like, he said fart. <laughs> the, the, the other thing too I feel like we need to address briefly and Tyler I know we got some buzz to get to is to get to. what kind of sociopaths that design our, our, our PE curriculums in the in the 90s were making nine-year-olds do pull-ups in front of all their friends. Like, you, you just don't have the body strength. Few, like that one freak athlete in class was just grinding them out. Yeah. And then other kids were like kind of doing that thing where they're kicking invisible air to try, or like climbing invisible yeah. stairs just like to try it. to get yeah. the chin over. Yeah. It's yeah. like, obviously, these children were, don't have the body strength yet to do this. Why are you subjecting them to just public humiliation in front of the whole well, class. It was, this wasn't it was done behind the, closed doors. The president. The presidential president, challenge or something. Yeah, the fitness. fitness test. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. remember I got a satisfactory cert, uh, certificate signed by then President Bill Clinton that hung in my room for about a year <laughs> until I realized they pretty much gave these out if you showed up that day. But still, I, thanks, President Clinton. I, I'm glad you I'm glad your office respects my my stretching ability. Who is the last president that could do a full five pull ups? That we've had while in office was Obama. Like, we're calling Obama. the presidential fitness He's presidential fitness test, which would imply oh, the well, president Michelle for sure. If we we're going to do first yeah. ladies, you know Michelle. Yeah. Uh, both Obamas oh, yeah. are setting the standard. Yeah, yeah. 
And then before that, a long time. <laughs> probably yeah, a long time. I think Carter, maybe. Uh, I, I, I could see, I don't know, W, probably not as oh, yeah. sitting president. He's wild. He was, he, was, no, he, was wily, he owned yeah. a baseball yeah. team, too. Yeah. So he, he had access to I mean, to a lot of people own that. baseball teams. That doesn't mean that they're like, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. play it. Yeah. Hey, after 9 11, and he came out and they had him throw out a first pitch. I think it was at a Nats game or it might have been a Yankees game. You know, a lot of a lot of presidents just kind of like lob one in. He went out there and threw a fastball for America right down the pipe. I'm just saying, you can say what you want about his politics. I'm just saying his athleticism. I think he's surprised you if he got up on the pull. The, the look of satisfaction, the look of satisfaction on his face after he he, he threw that heater. You know, right after 9 yeah. 11, this was going to yeah. rally America. He just oh, looked God. at he just looked at the crowd like. Yeah, I did that. I got yeah, this. I'm your, uh, yeah, Fastball, I'm your president. Yeah. He shook off. He, the catcher was like, hey, just throw a safe change up, Press. Like, no, and he shook he it off. Heat. No, no, give me the heater. Give me he the heater. He probably had like a picture of Osama bin Laden in the glove, and George is like, I'm going. I'm putting it in. Two seed fastball. <laughs> He's like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> I just solved world peace. Mission accomplished. That's how he thought. He thought mission accomplished. The banner fell after the. <laughs> he he has what I call he has what I call Yellowstone strength. You know, yeah. it's like Costner. He might not be the Kevin Costner that was on Bull Durham, yeah. but he's nope. out there on the ranch all day. Yeah, you know, bailing hay. Yep. I'm yeah. sure he's got a couple pull ups in him. I think the same thing about George W. Bush. Yeah, That's, I agree. You, know, you guys, side note. <laughs> George W. Bush is my number one celebrity crush. Just to let you know. Wow. Yeah. The Jamie, there is a lot to unpack. Here. Listen, I'm just letting you know. I'm, he literally you, said, wow. If he, if he rode up to my I office and he was on a horse that. and he had like some chaps Ever. on and a cowboy hat, I just would, my day would be done. Have you ever met George him? George W. Bush. No, I have never met him. Have I you? I can't believe you're saying this like on a podcast. Listen, I, this is a, this is public knowledge. If anyone knows me well, I stepped on this. his daughter's foot. Oh, the Secret Service didn't like that, but that is, like I said, Jamie. Uh, I, I feel like there is just a tremendous amount of follow-up questions yeah. that I have. That uh, I feel yeah. like we just need to do a breakout special two-hour episode. There's um, a there's a Texas angle. There's some daddy mm-hmm. issues going on. I don't know. Hey, yeah. the Texas what? angle. He's so handsome. Yeah, he's so handsome. He is. He's yes. So handsome. Emily, do you think he's handsome? Like you don't want? Like I don't really want to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's trying you know, to, I've never Emily's met him, but I have a picture of me and him in my office because someone cut out Laura's face and put my face on it, so oh, it looks no. like George and I are hanging oh, out. No. Michael Scott did that with his girlfriend Jamie. Carol for his Christmas card, and she for broke you, up with Jamie, him. Actually, okay, actually, listen. listen, you're gonna have people. You're gonna have people my age, like forty something women, and they're gonna come. They're gonna listen to this show, and they're gonna be like, "Me too, Jamie. I don't want to tell anyone, but me too." It's a whole new Me Too movement. There it is. That, this, this feels, so when I said when I said when he threw out the first pitch after 9-11, Jamie's like, I remember it well. Very well. You don't, you don't need flushed. to you don't need to paint the picture for me. He's like, he's it's such a man in my head and my dreams every night. He was such a man. All right. Uh what's the buzz, Tyler? Yeah. Is it time to is it time? It's time. Take it away. What have we done? Right. What have we done? Well, this is good. We're gonna get back on the rails. Well, we covered genocide. Yeah. Pull-ups, George Dub crushes. Yeah. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. and that'll do yeah. it for the relevant yeah. buzz. All right, sorry. We're getting it. We're getting back on. We're going to get back on the rails here, and I'll tell you how we're going right. to do it. We're going to start with with a celebrity crush, a woman by the name of 
Dolly Parton. Um, Dolly, mm. this was kind of this story kind of hit at the at the wrong time because we at Relevant uh, for her birthday put together like a list of some of her most charitable causes, which that 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 article could go well into you know hundred thousand words, endless scroll on that one. And then <laughs> yeah. as soon as right after her birthday, she tops it with a whole new story. Uh, she are you all familiar with her theme park here in the state of Tennessee, Dollywood? You've all heard of that. Yes. So she announced on uh, this was last week on Tuesday. She announced that uh, from now on, Dollywood Parks and Resorts will cover tuition for all employees who want to pursue their education, not just tuition. This is fees, books. This is everything for all employees, whether full time, part time or seasonal, all of whom can enroll in this program on day one of their employment. Uh, she said our goal at Dollywood Parks That's and Resorts is to provide wow. the that best possible seasonal. experience. Yeah, even seasonal. So if you have if you collect a paycheck from Dollywood, then you will get any any high, any higher education you want to pursue from day one of your employment on will be covered entirely by Dollywood Parks and Resort. So so I'm assuming though, you've got to stay employed for those four years. And go somewhere local. You, prob- you probably do. Well, I don't know because it's seasonal. So yeah. like, you're not but like you could you could show up and like work there for a month and then go get four years of tuition. Yeah, you know what I mean, there's got to be some sort of like long term. Because I do us. know certain know. organizations like Chick Fil A and others mm-hmm. will also invest in your tuition as an investment in your career. You know, like to grow within the organization, sort of a thing. So I'm curious about the fine print, but it's still an amazing. Gesture. I mean, if you, so, what you're saying, Tyler, yeah. is I could send my senior to work for the summer, and then right. Mrs. Parton is going to pay not only for his first not only could you, they're hiring right now, so you should. They need help. Listen, I'm about to. They need. To, they need to. I think the Ivy <laughs> I'm family. I'm about to fill out an application for all my kids. <laughs> I went and checked. They, they got seasonal employment. Like, there's quite a bit. I think this is a cool story, and I think it's awesome when when companies will do this for their employers. I always think back to like, and I'm and. I'm not stating any personal opinion, but there's always there's this all long going debate about the role. Of what's the government's role in social issues like providing health care for its people or education or employment opportunities, social safety nets? And, and then there's the, you know, a lot of kind of voices in the church have always been like, well, that's the church's job. You know, the government shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing that. And it's like, well. It's either the, the state's job, it's either the church's job, or we can put this all on Dollywood in Branson, Missouri. They'll figure it out. Like, they will be the third rail of, 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 of social benefits for the people. It is, I mean, I think it's awesome that they're doing it. And I think more employers should that, that have the ability to should do programs like this. But I think it also kind of brings up some interesting issues when it... Just talking about the affordability of higher education in the, in, in the country and, you know, the, this kind of looming student debt crisis that's hanging over a generation because they weren't afforded opportunities like this. Yeah. You know? Just just to be clear, it's not in Branson, Missouri. It's in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which is in the outer skirts of the Knoxville, Tennessee metroplex Apologies. in the, the foothills of the Great Smoky the Smokies. Mountains. 
So yeah, mm, yeah, there out there in the Smokies. Mm. So you're Smokies, so yeah. to be beautiful fair, area. beautiful area. It, it is a it's a very pretty area. I have never been to Dollywood, but I, I don't believe there's like a ton of really like highly reputable educate like higher education facilities around there right then. So it's probably this is probably better for seasonal employees who can go somewhere else in the meantime when they're not actually on the clock there. But uh, but it's it's a really yeah. really cool gesture. And when people who you know who uh, like Dolly does have a lot of extra resources, it's cool that they find ways to do it and she's always education is definitely her thing so many of her charitable causes have to do with with school mm-hmm. so it's cool to see that yeah. happening too just to revisit my mistake real quick the, would you call dollywood or, or would you call branson sort of when it comes to honky-tonk entertainment would you call it sort of jv nashville <laughs> you know when just when it comes to honky-tonk Branson? No, Branson's trying to be more talk. like uh, baby, like Christian Vegas. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're not trying to. They're trying to do like Christian, shows. Christian and Vegas. Yeah. yeah, Christian Vegas. Yeah, I think that's it, like it's like a Christian yeah. bookstore, a Palooza. There, it's it's its own thing. <laughs> yeah, just it's wild. it's uh, you have to be seventy or above to even uh-huh. cross into mm-hmm. the city limits, and you have to enjoy the stylings of. CCM stars from the 1970s and early 80s. So uh-huh. that's uh, you kind of by law last call, last call for dinner s- dessert. Okay, so five forty-five, five forty-five. Last call. They don't serve coffee after eight a.m. because it, they'll keep them up to. You'll too, stay up all late. night. Yeah, yeah, up yeah. all night. Yeah, if they you don't want. They don't want to start a riot out there. Trust us. There's a lot of pent up weirdness in Branson. So <laughs> old, old don't folks, I watch Ozark. I know what's going on. <laughs> I know what the real area is, what's going down in those fields. All right. What else is going on in the buzz? What else you got on the buzz? Well, this is a great story. So uh, so who who here by a show, who here is, is dipped into the Wordle situation? Are we all kind of playing Wordle like a, a Wordle? Nope. Never. Hammered up. We, everybody irrelevant Jamie, is. We all talk about it in the mornings. I play multiple That's versions not true. of Wordle. Only three of us are. The other wow. guys just look at us like we're idiots. Yeah. Jamie's out. Jamie's not interested. I feel like I can't add anything else that takes my attention away. But then someone's like, go. it's just one Jamie's word like a day. Three so minutes. I don't even yeah. know what it is. Yeah, yeah. but oh. I've found like multiple versions of Wordle, like different yeah, there's like, themes. So you're, it's I, not just one word a day. See? I'm unfortunately in, I have about three to four words every day that I got to check in on. I hope this is evident to listeners and my fellow castmates, but I preserve all mental energy for <laughs> podcasting pursuits. And that leaves me no, not one ounce of, of mental power will I use for word games, Tyler. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this, that's, that's on right. you, Jesse. Maybe you should. And here's why. Because Wordle actually ended up saving a woman's life in the Chicago area last week. This is a crazy story. Let me tell you what happened. So a woman what? in California... Yeah grew concerned when her 80-year-old mother, Denise, failed to send her her usual Wordle update score. You know that the you see it probably on social media, people posting their Wordle scores in the colored boxes. Oh, yeah. So she got concerned because her mother had been doing this every yeah. day. So she texted her sister, who also hadn't heard from their mother. The two women, their names are Jennifer and Meredith, they tried to call their mother's home in Chicago, discovered the phone line had been disconnected. They were worried about her, so they called the police, asked them to do a wellness check on their mother, And it's a good thing they did, too, because when the police arrived, they found that their mother was being held hostage. She had been locked in her basement by a stranger who had broke into her house during the night. She had been trapped in the basement there for 20 hours by the time the police finally showed up and were able to free her. They were able to arrest the man who, who had intruded and put him in jail, obviously. And without Wordle, if this without Wordle. 
this woman would she would still be in the basement she would still be trying to figure it she'd she'd be running out of things to do she didn't even have her iphone so she couldn't play wordle she there was nothing she could have spent her time on doing there and uh, so she credited this with with literally in this case saving her life from a very dangerous person who had broken in that night so that jesse is why i think it might be time for you to if not wordle then something mm. something that we would know mm. if we don't get this from you at some point during the day maybe we should check on jesse is Wordle though just like uh, like a social media flex for smart people, where like no. people that <laughs> no. are like getting into marathoning, they're posting their times every morning. It's like, hey, great, you ran a eight thirty pace on your five k. I'm glad, friend from high school, I haven't spoken to uh, since graduation. I'm up to I'm up to date on your five k times. But I feel like with Wordle, it's like, why are you posting your school? Like, what is what is like? Is there gamesmanship in posting the score? Why do why why do I see them all I do. day? I think Every day. people are proud of getting it and few guesses and they're wanting to tell their friends, but it's a guessing game. I mean, yes, after a few enough clues, there's a little bit of, uh, you, you know, figuring out a puzzle sort of a thing. But those first few guesses are guesses. It's just literally throwing noodles on a wall, yeah. seeing if any stick. And so, yeah. like, to me, it's like bragging about a couple extra noodles sticking, like my noodles stuck better than your noodles. You had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it was just random. I, I just find it funny that people who actually like think it shows that they're intelligent because it really doesn't. I'm sorry. It's just a fun little mind puzzle, you know? I'm picturing that it's like Wheel of Fortune. You have to figure out the, what the word is, right? It's like, what's that game? Isn't there a game like Mastermind or something like that? Yeah, like an it older is kind of like Mastermind I with be... letters instead of yeah, like colors yeah colors yeah colored pegs uh -huh. yeah. yeah so it's, it's basically that it's fun um, I, mean, it's, I do it while i'm making coffee oh we play mastermind all the time i know you're talking about with the color yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you would game. enjoy it jamie it's, yeah, it's okay. not yeah. difficult it's and it's, it's not gonna and suck the fact my time all day very long limited no no no, no it it's takes a like three minutes. minute yeah it's a two three minute all right, thing i'll do it today it's a nice little brain break and then i'll post my score so everyone can see it there's Please also do. a Taylor Swift version that I love to play. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> also, Jamie, if you get, you know, if it, it's basically like going to let us know if you ever have fallen and can't get up, you know, it's going to uh -huh. be great if, oh, she hasn't posted her score. Somebody go okay. knock on her door. You know what, Somebody. Cameron, that you said that on Monday, I came to work and I have a really bad back and my back went out and I fell and I was the only one in the office. I was, I was oh, crying. No. You got like, I was really, really hurt. Did you have know, your phone? Right. I had my Apple Watch on. I could be one of those commercials. Oh wow! The Apple Watch. I, I didn't fall that hard that it that it notified uh, that it notified anyone. But I was able to call someone to come help me get up. I felt like that commercial we used to see, like I fall and I can't get up. That was literally yeah. me. But thanks to the Apple <laughs> they Watch, would, they would usually bookend. Those commercials would usually book in about a half hour Rosetta Stone infomercial. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. Not going to lie. I've invested, I invested heavily in both products. <laughs> Ironically, both have been driven out of business by technology. So, yeah. you know. My grandmother had one of those things. They wore it like a little yeah. necklace because she wanted to live on her own and, and, the kids were like, you're 91 years old and you're going to wear this or you're uh -huh. not living on your own, you know? See? That was, now we have the Apple Watch. Yeah. All right. What else? The last story of the day. This is just very, very short, but our very good friends, uh, Abner and Amanda Ramirez, better known as Johnny Swim, have announced a new album, a self-titled album. Finally, their first, this is their first since 2019. Uh, they will be releasing next month and then they're going to be promoting it by going on tour. Uh, they released the first single from this album. It's called Heaven Is Everywhere. Uh, Clark, I think we have a little clip of that. Can you play that? Well, look at it. We don't need all the answers 
They're definitely a respected group. Uh, when when uh, someone like Abner can pull off a hat like that in that video, which which Tyler, can you describe, <laughs> describe the, the hat, hat for the, this? Is an audio medium? Yeah, maybe describe, describe the hat. <laughs> I would say it's a uh, it's a black, not quite. It's somewhere between pork pie and cowboy hat. Somewhere in that in that interesting middle ground. That's sort of all uh-huh. its own. Admiral pulls it off very well. And it's unquestioning because they're Johnny Swim. I'm just saying if I walked outside with that hat on, I'd probably get some comments. I think Admiral's in the clear at this point. <laughs> I think Clark, wasn't it you that back when they sent us a photo for a spread we did on him in the magazine a while back and he started photoshopping the hat just to be slightly larger. At uh, first it was almost unnoticeable, <laughs> but you kept sending it over until finally it was like, that hat is looking a little strange. And then it just, <laughs> It got it, it got it got ridiculously large at one point, but yeah. Have you seen like like on on like IG and stuff like like these guys like a boyfriend who's mad at his girlfriend? The way like he acts out is like he'll just slightly edit their photos where her forehead is oh, a gosh. little bigger than it should be. You know, like have you seen this? Or like he'll just like modify things, but it's not so obvious. But it's just it's off. That was Clark with Abner's hat. Yeah, it was just like it, kept, it was a like, Friday. I was feeling you know. I don't. You know. I don't that that's, a little spicy. That's big. That's bigger than I remember. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what Amanda does when they're like when there's like tension in their relationship. She swaps she swaps it out with just like slightly bigger hats over and over again <laughs> throughout their marriage until one day he like, can't fit through the door anymore. It's like wait a yeah, minute. One day he's wearing that old Pharrell, <laughs> yeah, that Pharrell Oscar's hat. hat. <laughs> Dudley do right. <laughs> Yep. When did this All happen? Right. <laughs> There's a lot more where that came from. <laughs> you know, the buzz is just a little taste of the sort of stuff we're covering every day over at Relevant. Follow us on all the socials and make sure that relevantmagazine.com is part of your daily web browsing. Stay in the know. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody. All right, that's it for Relevant Buzz. Stay tuned. Up next, Tyler talks to Derek Miner and Propaganda. Listening to Mid and Johnny, the song is The Sun. Well, last year, Derek Miner and Propaganda sat down with us uh, for an honest roundtable conversation with Tyler about Black History Month uh, and everything else going on with uh, racial injustice and race relations at that time. Well, we thought we'd check in with them again to see how they're feeling a year later, if any thoughts have changed or stayed the same. Here's our 2022 conversation with Derek Miner and Propaganda. All right. Hey, guys. I was wondering for you guys, do you remember what Black History Month was like for you when you were kids growing up? 
And has that changed for you now, especially now that you're dads and you have your own kids? Uh, do you want them to have a different experience than you did when you were kids with it? Probably you the you the Black Panther. I know that yeah. part was Wakanda at your career. At my house. Yeah. <laughs> at my house. Yeah, we went hard in Black History Month. You know, it was yeah. sure. films, you know what I mean? Uh freaking book reports. Like it was I had to give my daddy a book report. <laughs> like what like what um, movies? Some of them were from like the black exploitation era. Uh, oh, uh, like like Superfly and okay, Hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. No, like, that was my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. At school, though, it was like, yeah, you color a picture of Martin Luther King. That's, uh. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. For, I ain't gonna even lie. Like we, Black History Month was not lit at the. At, at our house that mug was alright uh, Martin Luther King freed the slaves and <laughs> and Malcolm X <laughs> had a gun and uh, <laughs> it was it was you know what I'm saying cause my mom bro like my mom used to work like 50 hours a week so she she was pretty much a single mom it was a lot of trivia it now was, that I think about it it was like who was the first black person to this yeah, uh, who yeah. invented this did you know that this was invented by it was a lot of like trivia kind of like as I think about my childhood yeah know? yeah see for me learning black history was a it was a necessity because as I got older I had I naturally had I'm an inquisitive person so I'm I'm not able to just mm -hmm. accept oh okay well black people own half of the percent of wealth in the country but at the same time we yeah. built most of the country like i had to find yeah. the answer to that question yeah and that's kind of what led me on my current iteration of just figuring out is like who am i where did i come from who what stock am i from you know what i'm saying like that's it, it became a thing you know not yeah. it wasn't a thing i grew up with though for sure because you were going to get that education from the public school system, right? Like that was not, no. <laughs> that was not yeah. going to be on the radar. Absolutely. In, in rural Tennessee, they were going to, yeah. they were going to tell me everything that I needed to know the correct way. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I ain't getting to South Central LA. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Listen, like one of the things, like, I, I think it's like, this is part of like the, the frustration to me about like this whole, modern talk about teaching critical race theory mm. and i'm like uh oh none of us were taught it what are you talking yeah. about like yeah. it's not <laughs> happening i learned in college everything uh -huh. i know about black people was outside of school you know and and then it's like when you stretch the term i feel like you just talking about you call it anything that's anything that was just bad that happened to anybody <laughs> that happened to be a product of racism you call it critical race theory and i'm like you're just calling it that that's it's not, not what it is and so i'm like you just mad about y'all did some horrible stuff in the past you don't want to talk about it that's what you know what I'm like i don't that's not critical yeah. race theory like i didn't know what yeah. that was until college i don't understand what y'all talking about nobody taught us anything <laughs> In black history. Dog, I'm going to keep it real. I don't even know what critical race theory is right now. I read 14 <laughs> articles, three books on it. I'm like, I don't know what, because like, because there is critical race theory. And then there's what people are calling critical yeah. race theory. 
That's what I'm like. Not critical race theory. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't know what this, at this point, I don't know what this is. Like, I'm like, all I know is that the history of black people right now, there's a war on telling our story. At the end of the day, I'm like, I don't know what benefit we get from telling people the trauma of our story. And most of the time, we're not even trying to tell it to anyone but ourselves. Like, hey, black guys, did uh, you know black people yeah. invented this? Hey, black guys, did yeah. you know this? Hey, did yeah. you know the reason why the prison is full of black people is because of the prison com- industrial prison complex? Like, it's like black people are sharing notes now. Like, so mm-hmm. my time uh-huh. with Prop. It's like, he's like, well, hey, I learned this from my family in South Central. And I'm like, well, hey, I grew up here and my grandparents are from Mississippi and we learned this. And it's like, what's happening is we're just sharing notes and trying to figure out because we couldn't read, we couldn't write. (laughs) All of our culture was destroyed. And every time we did write stuff down, it got burnt up and and destroyed. So like, we're now again trying to put together our history in this country and now it's become some sort of yeah, and thing. Right? Yeah, you know I mean? and the bizarre part to me, too, is like, this is, we're all here. Life and history is happening all at the same time. So I'm like, this is your history, too. Yeah. Like, that, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's that's the part that I'm like, either you don't know what history means or you're being disingenuous. Right. Because it's your history, too. Like, you were there. So I'm curious about, like, having said all of that that we were just talking about, um, what do you feel like is the, let's say, the the power or the difference now that sharing notes like you were talking about, now that that's possible, uh, what sort of power is in that or what sort of future can that build that maybe wasn't accessible in the past before that? That's a good question. I, I know for me, where this journey has led me is I've been probably in a state of mourning for years. Like, uh-huh. just being honest, like it's been a, cause it's almost like people could probably relate with this. Imagine doing like a, um, I've heard, you heard those stories of people doing like ancestry.com. And then you find out like your dad is not your dad. Yeah. <laughs> you find out you got like six brothers or something like that. Like, like it, it feels that way. Like uh-huh. it's disorienting in that way that the things that were so core to what you thought, because America indoctrinates you with this idea of everybody has freedom. Everybody's always had freedom. And even the way that slavery is taught about it's almost as if America is not even talking about itself. It's like, yeah, and there was a war and we freed the slaves. Yay. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Not that, it's like, like, not that we made the slaves. Not that yeah. we made the slaves. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we freed. There was a war and there was bad guys in the South and we freed the slaves. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Everybody was a You're part both. of this. Yes. Everybody yeah. was a part of this. Like, yeah. it wasn't no lim- lim- liberal and conservative. Everybody was in the confederate. Yeah, that's <laughs> they all together, and that's what I mean by like this is your history too. Like uh-huh. you keep trying yeah. to not know it's your history. I, I I think there's two things happening for me. It's like the um, the idea of knowing that like you know stories you know form identity. You know what I'm saying? 
and having us be able to reshape and rethink our own identities have been something that's super powerful. Um, I also, it's very hard to be sort of lied to, you know what I'm saying? When you're able to cross coordinate, you know what I'm saying? And, and triangulate and be like, no, cause there's this and no, I learned from there. You know what I'm saying? So I think that like, it's much, it's much more difficult to like dupe, you know, a community into believing something false about themselves mm -hmm. when we're able to compare notes. The mainline understanding of racism is that it is an act of the heart and that only a person can be racist. You know what I'm saying? Um, so if you remove racist persons, right, or if something happens that's against that narrative, then racism must be solved. Right. What, what we are trying to tell you <laughs> is that racism is experienced in almost every intersection of our lives because it's systemic. So that means a person don't even got to be there for me to experience racism because it's a part of the system, right? Because racist people created racist systems. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. you can leave because once the system is set, you can leave. America is supposed to be like, yo, if you put the work in and you're good, you don't have to be good. You don't have to be good at everything. You don't have to be the greatest. But if you find a way to 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 earn a, a decent wage, you're going to get what you're supposed to get. And I think that that's the issue is like, yo, like and then also on top of that, we have the worst schools. That's not our that's not our fault. Like, I mean, literally the lines on in most school districts is built around the poverty line. Mm -hmm. So the money, the tax dollars that the rich go in, it goes straight to. Yeah, it goes it goes straight to the to the rich people to be able to educate them more. And then the people in the poor areas, they don't get the same education. We've been talking a lot about new systems. Like well, we talk about old systems for the most part. Like old systems that uh yeah. that even if you took the racists out, the racism would still run really smoothly because they're running on autopilot at this point. Yeah. What would new systems, what does building new systems look like? Is that even possible? Like when you start thinking about recreating a future with systems of justice and equality. That sounds like a big, a really, really big job. Is there like, is there hope that it can be done? Absolutely. Absolutely. Called Terraform. Yeah. Uh, which is about like the, just the imagination and you know, yeah. having a prophetic imagination and, and realizing that, you know, I think the idea of this, I, we have to start with the idea of understanding that the systems we exist in now were just made up. You know, they don't exist in nature. They were somebody's and they were made up to serve something. You know what I mean? So when you start uh, interrogating, like, who made this up and why and for what purpose, you know what I'm saying? Then we could start saying, OK, well, let's examine those things. If the purpose was just capital right then yeah. there's nothing wrong with the system you know what i'm saying but if the purpose is for a more perfect union for for like i said like we said for what the brochure says mm -hmm. then we start with that goal and then you reverse engineer liberty and justice for all all men are created equal okay well then if we believe this then 
we need to set up an infrastructure, uh, a baseball field that is, that considers that if you own this field and of sound mind, you got the same shot as everybody else. That was our friends, Derek Miner and Propaganda. Stay tuned up next. Oh boy, it's Epic Battle. Potent words get applauded and cheered. Too much negativity throughout the atmosphere. Whether your actions heard or your words are seen. Know that life is in the tongue and affects human beings. That's why I embrace the face of hate. Because when your crops get going, you've created your faith. And that's no need for most to make. Just know what I've been given and live life like God is great. Lessons have been learned. It's ongoing though. Boy, the man that will never sing any of the road. Because the moment you arrive is when you die. You're listening to Direct. The song is Wheel Back. Come again. Okay, it is time for. Epic Battle Winter Olympics Edition. So for those of you who care about genocide and have not been watching the Winter Olympics, okay. this is your taste into a genocide-free Olympics experience. So, Emily, you all right? Sorry. Yeah, um, I'm fine. All right. So what we're going to do is Epic Battle. As you know, we are here to settle the internet's arguments. You know, who's better, Batman or... Dr. Doolittle, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna decide once and for all. And so we are doing teams. Tyler has rejoined us. Um hey Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we are gonna do Evan Battle Winter Olympics edition. So so here's the teams. Ready? It's going to be uh Emily and Tyler. You could be thinking of your team name versus Jamie and Jesse. Great. Uh Emily and Tyler, what's your team name? Oh man. Um Genocide haters. <laughs> well, they're Sorry. both. No. <laughs> they're both. We're, Emily. Emily's in France right now. So, and and yes. I've obviously been been over there before. So let's go with the Parisians. Mm. The Parisians versus like what? Who's who y'all's team name? Mm. Jamie, what are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm on some pain pills these days, so I'm feeling great today. <laughs> pain pills. <laughs> I like it. The pain pills versus the mm. Parisians. All right, here we go. Oh, okay. that's so, okay. Okay, so. <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys uh, each a person, and then I will give you the 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 thing that they will be competing in. You will debate style. Tell me why your person will win the thing, and then Clark will be the decider. All right, here we go. Uh, pain pills. You have Johnny Knoxville, and Parisians. You have John Cena in Julia Fox's Kanye mandated outfit. So John Cena. <laughs> Is gotcha. wearing that outfit that Julia Fox was having to wear. Now I'm not clear, Tyler. Is it the smoky eyes? Does she? Does do you guys have the cat yes. eye makeup uh-huh. yeah. on John Cena? Also the makeup. That's what okay. I was thinking. The full thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Got it. Makeup. Okay. So Johnny boots. Knoxville versus John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. Thigh high boots. <laughs> the whole puffy jacket thing. Yeah. Right. John Cena wearing Julia Fox's Kanye mandated outfit versus Johnny Knoxville in in figure skating. Figure skating. Mm. Who would do better in figure skating? All right. Okay. So up first, pain pills. Tell me why Johnny Knoxville 
would be the better figure skater. Well, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the the catalog of Johnny Knoxville, having watched it extensively, starting at about the age of 13. And <laughs> I will say this: uh, uh, the the man is a master of disguise as well as a phenomenal athlete. He did a whole bad grandpa movie. He could wear anything and do anything. He's also very nimble. One thing I've noted: I've watched I've watched a surprising amount of figure skating <laughs> the last couple of days. And you would you would think that the that you know. The, that the the more sort of muscular a figure skater is, the faster they could spin yeah. and do flips and things like that. It's really about it's really mm. about being limber and just pure courage. I mean, flinging yourself into the air with metal blades on your feet, not knowing the outcome. That's pure Johnny Knoxville. I would actually think that Johnny Knoxville would be very entertaining to watch compete in any of the Olympic games because right. not like a normal untrained athlete who would just go out there very cautious. He go would just it. literally just go for it. Like triple axel, <laughs> never even attempted it before. Not even, hasn't even practiced it, hasn't even thought through the motion. He's going to fling his body up. I feel like the answer's obvious here. All right. Uh, so Parisians, tell me why John Cena and Julia Fox's outfit would be better at figure skating. Emily, you want to run point or should I take it? Um, yeah, sure. Um, okay. I think John Cena, specifically in Julia Fox's outfit, would do great because part of figure skating is wearing what I have to assume are not very comfortable outfits. They just don't really look that fun. Uh, so he's already like got a leg up there, right? Um, he feels comfortable wearing ridiculous clothing with ridiculous makeup. He also is an athlete himself. Uh, he was a wrestler. Don't know how well that would translate to figure skating, but I feel like being an athlete has got to be some points. Perfectly. You know, like he doesn't look like he could flow very well to me. I don't know. <laughs> one on one. Well, that's because uh, you've never seen him figure skate. All right, rebuttal pain pills. Well, I mean, Jesse, you can fill in the blanks here, but uh, because I have no surprise, you guys have never seen a movie that Johnny Knoxville is in. So, but you know who he is, right? No one. Yeah, I know who he is. Jack, right? Yeah. Oh, can I say that? No, okay. you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I can't bleep it no, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I know who it is, but I think it's something that he brings I mean, to the competition that, that we yeah. cannot um, disregard as anything less than is that he is a master of stunts. Mm. And really, if you think about figure skating, they're just creating stunts throughout the whole routine. I mean, mm. it is one stunt after another. Sometimes we can't even believe what we see with our eyes because mm. of how amazing they are. And I think that he's going to bring that to the sport. I like it. For sure. I like it. All right. Uh, final point, Parisians. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a, I, I like Johnny Knoxville. I'm a fan of Johnny Knoxville. But I think we're, what, what's going to what's gonna kill him in this is that he he does not have to land his stunts. That's the whole print. That's his whole thing is that they're they're supposed to go awry. The, the, the more awry it goes, the better it is for everybody watching Johnny Knoxville. John Cena, during his time as a professional wrestler, had to land everything with precision. It had to be on or somebody was going to get hurt or possibly even mm. die. John mm. Cena is a he, he's a surgeon. Mm-hmm. in this where, where Johnny Knoxville is just, is just doing a smash and grab situation. So I, I think scientifically, just in terms of their experience as athletes, which they're both, which they both are, John Cena is just going to be a stronger pick because he, 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 he has to, he, he has to land it. He, he knows how to land it. That's not something Johnny Knoxville has ever had to worry about. Interesting. All right, Clark, who, who convinced you the most? Who's, who wins this battle? I mean, I am a Johnny Knoxville fan, but I do think that he would probably just end up like uh, stunting the whole thing. So I think it's probably John Cena would take it. 
John Cena yeah. and Julia Fox's. Hey, Clark, newsflash for you. All figure skating is is stunting. Like, <laughs> right. that's the whole, like how else would you describe it? It's choreography. So it's professional wrestling. And that's what wrestlers do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying Same it thing. requires full commitment. Have you seen any of John? Have you ever seen John any John Cena movie? It doesn't look like he's really full commitment here. It looks like he's, he's about half thrown trying. In yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to win you a gold medal. All right. Next up is Dwayne Johnson. Immediately after his Super Bowl kickoff speech, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> immediately up. after he fired up the crowd versus Doctor Ellie Sadler, played by Laura Dern. From Jurassic Park, who would be better at curling? Oh, curling. Okay, curling. okay so who has who? Uh, pain pills. You have Dwayne the Rock Johnson immediately after his Super Bowl kickoff speech, and Parisians. You have Dr. Ellie Sadler, Laura Dern from Jurassic Park, curling. All right, pain pills. Tell me why Dwayne the Rock Johnson immediately after his Super Bowl kickoff speech would be better at curling. You got to remember, he's got a lot of adrenaline coursing through his veins. Yeah. And curling is. Mm -hmm. Don't give any hints. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really was fired up for that game after after Woo. that whole get, get it going. I was ready. And I think when you think about curling, it's a very intimidating sport because, you know, it's precise. You've got you've to get that little disc thing right where you need to go. But I think that Dwayne would intimidate his competition so much, he would rattle their nerves. Like they would get so rattled that they would have a really hard time using the precision that they would need. So I just think, man, that that fist pump, those veins, that arm, his voice, they're, they're, they can't even compete with him on the other side of that curling table, whatever it is. Uh I just Google because I you said you said disc or something. I just wanted to know what the it's thing called was stone. called. Stone. It's a stone. Oh, but then, I actually am not one hundred percent sure what curling is, but it's where they push the yeah, thing, right? Yeah, 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 across okay, the ice, yeah, and there's like sweeping and stuff. Yeah. So like, uh -huh, yeah. So they and they yell a lot, and so like literally one of the questions right under the the entry of what curling is is why do they yell in curling? It says much of the yelling that goes on during a curling game is the skip and sweepers exchanging information about the stones line and weight and deciding whether to sweep. The skip evaluates, mm. so the skip is the pusher, evaluates it's the path of forward. the stone and and calls to the sweepers to sweep as necessary to maintain the intended track. So that's the yelling. No, I, as I'm about to say what I'm about to say, I recognize how it sounds coming out of my mouth. But one night I watched a very lengthy curling documentary and I already knew all that information from that Cameron and fascinating story and the strategy behind the game. Uh, it's actually an evolving game. They, they had to change the rules at one point because there was this one guy who basically hacked it and figure out how to win every time. And so they had to change. Anyway, curling culture, the whole story. Um, I can't remember what the name of this film was, but uh, I will try to I'll bring it to another episode. If you're interested, a very good curling documentary that brings you up to speed on all this. It, it's out there on Netflix. So. I bet there's I only one. I bet we could Google find it. Curling <laughs> documentary. It. Yeah. I, I I'll, find it. I'll find it. I'll find it right now. Yeah, right. but it's going to be, Who's it's going to give you back a whole lot of weightlifters talking about how to build up your biceps and triceps. Oh, yeah. Sure. I'm sorry. Sure, sure, sure. All right. Uh, the aim of curling is to slide stones across a sheet of ice towards a target called the house. Teams score points based on how many stones are closer to the house than the other teams. So it's a lot like those bar games. Um, anyway. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Parisians, tell us why Dr. Ellie Sadler, played by Laura Dern from, from Jurassic Park, would be better at curling than Dwayne okay. Johnson. Well, well, two things here. First up, 
I understand that Dwayne Johnson's an intimidating opponent, but but this is a woman who's faced down Tyrannosaurus Rexes, uh, packs of raptors. Uh, Dwayne is, you know, he, he's a big guy, but I just don't, I think once you've looked a dinosaur in the face, you're just not as scared of, of normal people. So I'm going to, I'm going to okay. refute that point. And then I'm going to say that Dr. Ellie Sadler, uh, she's an archaeologist and I don't know what this thing is called, but they spend a lot of time sweeping bones and fossils off, getting all the dust off them very, very carefully. That <laughs> looks kind of light curling. What they're doing on that looks great like the, the sweep. Lots so of sweeping. I think that she's been, wow. in some ways, kind of training for this her entire Gentle professional career. Too. Yeah, it would be a one-to-one translation from archaeology to curling, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Interesting. Pretty clearly. All right, back to the pain pills. Why? Why rebuttal, please? Well, first off, the, it's a documentary as part of a series called <laughs> Losers on Netflix, and the episode's called Stone Cold. Um, okay, got it. And I learned in that episode that the stone actually comes from a single island off the coast of Ireland, all curling stones, all real ones, because of the precision of weight. And if there's one human on Earth that I feel like deeply understands movement and precision of weight, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure all he does most days is move weights from one position <laughs> to the other with reasonably accurate precision. That's all that's he has spent more time in his life yeah. than I think most humans living on this planet yeah. thinking about how to move heavy things with his bare hands. Wow. Seems like curling's a natural fit for yeah. this for this man. I, I just I feel like these are very similar hobbies when it comes to understanding moving large cylinder you know, round weights. Yeah. Interesting. All right, final point Parisians. Um, I would argue that the rock is actually too strong for curling because when you look at the actual athletes that are curlers they are not these like massive gym bros whose biceps are three times the size of their head they're like normal size so I think the rock while he might try to be precise I think he would miss every time because he's too strong but at least that was she knows her strength and she knows Uh science so she would figure out some algorithm to help physics. i don't know physics there we go that's the science Absolutely. i was looking for interesting all right clark who convinced you uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say i i think curling it, it appears that it requires a lot of endurance the sport does so uh i'm gonna say uh the rock all right you did not see laura dern run through jurassic park then <laughs> got a couple more here we go she, she's all been right. doing it for like 35 years she's in the new one so that's pretty impressive too yeah. all right pain she's pills. Got good stamina Pain pills, you have the blinking underdogs, Oscar Isaac's Christian ska band. Uh, Parisians, you have the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Who would win in the luge? Pain pills, you're up first. Easy. Who do we say one more time? You have the blinking underdogs, which is Oscar Isaac's Christian ska band. And uh, Parisians, you have the sisterhood of the traveling pants battling in the luge. Pain pills, you're up first. Well, the <laughs> here we go. The luge seems like an activity that uh, someone who's not really thinking about the future indulges in. Right. I mean, it seems like the most reckless legal sport. Like imaginable. lay on a sled and fling yourself down. Not, not even like a sled. Basically, yeah. lay on two blades, right? Uh, with a with a tiny you know piece of fiberglass between you and a sheet of ice, while we watch you go seventy miles an hour with zero margin for error. Oh, and the only pads you get is a tiny helmet. And also, you now, lay on top of your teammates, so you have the entire ska band, the blinking underdogs, laying on top of each other on the luge sled. Not, so not they're all that. going at the same time. Yeah, yeah, they lay on top of each other, like on each other's two back. People, they, two people. Two people. 
No, but this mm-hmm. situation is you have the entire ska band <laughs> on top of each other. You could go four deep. You go four deep. I got my, it. My, my larger point is this. The reason I think they would do so well is because the, the athletes who do luge are not thinking about their future. They uh-huh. can't because what they're doing is insanely reckless. Right. People who are in 90 ska bands were also not thinking that very, very much about the future because they knowingly decided to join a ska band. Uh, they were very in the moment and not wondering that if 25 years later, if people on a podcast would still be making fun of them for their decision to be in a ska band. I feel like the luge mindset is right in that. They're not thinking about the future. Yeah. They're in the moment. That's good. If there's anyone more prepared, it's a former member of a ska band. I rest all, my case. All right, Parisians, tell us why the sisterhood of the traveling pants would be better at the luge. I've got this. Um, these it. four girls were born on the same day, so they have like this deep bond that this ska band could never have. So these girls know each other better than they know anyone else in the world. And I feel like luge is all about trust because as we've talked about, oh. it is a really weird sport. You're going very fast. You're just laying on top of one another. I need to trust the person who's either on top of me or beneath me. I don't know. Um, I don't really know how you like direct anything in luge but the person i'm gonna trust is someone who is a literal day one friend who i've known my entire life so that's why the sister of the traveling pants will be better in luge and also win gold having mm. having never seen the sisterhood uh it's the thing that they're, they're they're sharing pants like one pair of pants is that the thing <laughs> It's okay. Well, it's deeper the, than that. And, and the but, crazy um, thing, it's yes. very large pair that they wear at one time <laughs> and they hop around. <laughs> I mean, that would help in the luge. They're all like bundled into that one yeah, pair of pants. Good. All right. Uh, all right. Back to pain pills. Rebuttal, please. I'm ready. A couple of things I would like to say is if we're going to talk about the sister of the traveling pants, only one of them will be able to wear the pants at one time. So I think that's going to be a distraction <laughs> while they're on top of each other. The, the pants issue is going to be a big deal. The three pantsless women with one panted woman. They it's wear appropriate. other pants. Okay. It's not appropriate. So then yeah, the blinking underdogs, you know, we talk about that you have to trust your teammates and you've got to be in sync. And I'm no musician, but I'm married to a musician. And Uh what I know about musicians is they always know where the next person's going. They're so in sync that they know if they go off on this little riff, then they go there and they just can stick together no matter what. And I think that's going to help them on the luge. I like it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rebuttal. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Final point. All right. All right. I need to confer with my teammate for a moment. Emily, is is it true? Yes. Uh, I have never seen this movie but is it true that the, the pair of pants kind of fits all of them mysteriously? There's like something quasi-magical <laughs> like about it. Yes, is that they correct? all have different body types, but this one pair of pants fits them. Which if, if you know anything about women's jeans, that never happens. Impossible. So, Impossible. Yeah. This is true okay. friendship okay. magic. Are they are okay. they the sweatpants that look like jeans? You know what I'm saying? No, seen, they're real oh, jeans. They're oh, actually before jeans. we had those. Flare yeah. jeans. Okay. 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 I got this. So we know that these women have some sort of almost sort of mystical power to fit into the same space together despite the despite the the, the implausibility of the physics that is what luge looks like to me from the outside that's what seems to be happening on while they're going down there and i think that that the fact that they'd all be able to fit into this same space just physically is something that the blinking underdogs would not be able to do so they so they would actually be able to compete and complete together as one and I just don't think the blinking underdogs have the ability to all fit onto the same little whatever it, the little sled thing so yeah I, I'd say blinking underdogs lose by default and the sister of the traveling plants goes over the finish line alright Clark who convinced you in this final epic battle 
I was so inspired by Emily Stake. Uh, yeah. I think it's the sisterhood. It was beautiful. I defer to the judges. All right. So the winners are the Parisians. They beat the pain pills by two to one in the Winter, Winter Olympics edition of Epic Battle. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Derek Miner and Propaganda for joining us and having that honest discussion. It's an important conversation. It was really good. I'm glad we did that. Well, you can read their full conversation over on our site. We uh, transcribed it. It's good. Share it. Read it. Also, while you're at the site, uh, make sure to check out the winter issue of Relevant. You can check out thoughtful think pieces, thoughtful think pieces, that's redundant, uh, like ta- you know the churches that are tackling medical debt, uh, deconstruction. And obviously, we have huge A-list celebrities like Lynn Emanuel Miranda, Denzel Washington, Andrew Garfield, and so many more. Go check it out. It's right there in the magazine tab. Just click magazine right there at relevantmagazine.com. Also... Make sure to sign up for our daily newsletter right there on the front page and uh, sidebar on all the articles. It's our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every morning. It's a great way to keep in touch with the best of the best. And if you want to keep in touch with everything we're putting out, make sure to follow Relevant on all the socials. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, a little bit on TikTok even. There you go. Go follow Relevant. Um, And if you like the show, if you like what we're doing here, make sure to rate it and review it wherever you listen. It helps the algorithm, helps people discover it. And we love the feedback. Well, I should say we love the positive feedback. If you're going to do like a three or lower star review, just keep it to yourself. There's no need for that in the world. Just keep the negativity to yourself. If you like the show, go rate it and review it. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Emily Brown. You're Emily in Paris. And I'm Tyler Huckabee. There you go. All right. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. For listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Barty Jones carried the name to high school. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.